You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name's David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 369, Leadership Lessons from the Apostle Paul, Part 2. So we started last week in this really cool series, pulling some some leadership excerpts, some leadership principles, some leadership ideas from the most eminent apostle in the first century. And today's resource highlight um, actually highlights the Apostle Paul. It's called Peter and Paul and Acts. It's my very first book, and I encourage you to check it out. We Some of this material is pulled from there, and I know it's going to help you. It's a great guide to, to kind of have along your Bible when you're reading the book of Acts. Also, because they're written by the same writer, I give you a great introduction to the Gospel of Luke as well. So Peter and Paul and Acts, we look at uh, the Apostle Peter and um, you know his his apostolic ministry that occupies you know pretty much the first half of the book of Acts and then the second half of Acts um, we focus uh, exclusively on the Apostle Paul and his uh, contribution to the uh, development of Christianity as a worldwide movement and how he took it throughout the Roman Empire. So Peter and Paul and Acts that's today's resource highlight. Check it out. So last week we talked about we jumped in talking about the fact that Paul built a solid team. He wasn't a lone ranger. He wasn't a a one-man show. He was someone who worked with other people, and he had teams that he built. He had individuals that he invested in and then um, released them to go work, and they were accomplishing the same things he was doing, was uh, sharing the gospel of Christ and also planting churches. So, um, if you didn't listen to last week, you know we talked about the uh, several areas that that Paul looked for in a person in in building a team, and um, I think these are things that actually carry over even today. But today I want to start off by talking about the fact that Paul had a plan for church planting and evangelism, and we'll talk about that plan in just a minute. But if you're a leader, do you have a plan? If you're a CEO or a business owner or a senior pastor, um, you better have a plan because it's you know the, the buck's going to stop with you. But even if you're a leader at some other level in an organization, a volunteer leader in a church, uh, a supervisor, or a mid-level manager in some business or, or government organization, you should still have a plan for your group for your team, even if it's just a couple of people that you're working with, if you're in charge, you need to have some kind of plan. What is your plan? And the Apostle Paul had uh, worked out and developed a plan that he used used 
to take the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. I'm just going to give you a, um, some ideas some some thoughts on this plan so you can kind of see what it was. Now, as we said last week, he built a solid team and his team was a part of the plan. In fact, my guess is, uh, knowing what we know of the Apostle Paul, they probably helped develop the plan. And the best leaders are collaborative leaders. Um, the best leaders get input from their key people when they're putting a plan together. And, you know, sometimes this can be tedious and sometimes we have to move a little quicker depending on you know what we need to accomplish. But getting people's input at some level is very important. And uh, teams, uh, when you bring your team in and, and they collaborate with you on helping create the plan, uh, first of all, it's probably going to be a better plan that you, you could come up with yourself. But it's also going to be a plan that the people are going to buy into because they helped develop it. So what was Paul's plan? Well, Paul's plan was this. He was taking the message of Jesus throughout the Greek world. When when you look at, I mentioned my book, Peter and Paul in Acts, Peter was an apostle primarily to the Jewish people, Um, not just in Israel, but the, the Jewish people that were dispersed throughout the Roman Empire. Well, Paul, while he focused on a Greek audience, he cared about the Jews as well. They were the people of the promise. So his primary plan was that was that he always started step 1 was he always started in the synagogue. I'll read you a couple of passages of scripture. Um, this is from Acts 13. It says but Paul and Barnabas traveled inland to Antioch of Pisidia and on the Sabbath they went to the synagogue for the services. And after the usual readings from the books of Moses and the prophets those in charge of the service sent them this message, brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people come and give it. So Paul stood lifted his hand to quiet them, and started speaking. So it was very common if a visiting uh, dignitary or visiting rabbi um, showed up at your synagogue that you would allow him a chance to speak. And so Paul took advantage of this, and he would um, take the message that uh, whatever had just been read in the Law and the Prophets from the Hebrew Scriptures, and then he would expound on it, showing how it pointed towards Jesus. In Acts 14, we see this again. Um, It says, The same thing happened in Iconium. Paul and Barnabas went to the Jewish synagogue and preached with such power that a great number of both Jews and Greeks became believers. And, um, you know, what we see there is it mentions Jews and Greeks. And so even in a Jewish synagogue, you had many non-Jews who were attracted to the the, the faith, the, the, the Jewish faith. And some of these were full-on converts. Uh, some of these were what were known as God-fears. They hadn't committed all the way. For men, they hadn't been circumcised. Um, they, they obeyed some of the, the law, but they were very sympathetic towards the, the Jewish faith. And so they were called God-fears. And so Paul and, and, and his team would go into the synagogue and they would preach for as many Sabbaths as they could before they eventually would get kicked out. And when they would get kicked out, he would take whatever converts he had and he would go start somewhere else. And, and not, not necessarily leaving the city, he would just go find a house or a place to meet. And that was how um, he, he, he shared the message of Christ. And, and um, Philippi, there was no 
synagogue. So he just went down by the river, which was a, a known place of prayer, and, and shared the message there. And in Ephesians, and in, 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 in Ephesus, the city of Ephesus, um, he actually spent several months preaching in the synagogue before they got kicked out. And there he took a big group with him, and it says this. It says, Paul um, went to the synagogue, and he's in Ephesus, and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some became stubborn, rejecting his message, and publicly speaking against the way. So he left the synagogue, took the believers with him. Then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. And this went on for the next two years, so that people throughout the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. So, so Paul, again, he had a plan. Um, when he got kicked out of the synagogue, he found another place to meet, and that's where he built the church. Now, my question to you is, what is your plan? Do you have one? Um, you know, it's, it's, as leaders, as I said before, we need to have some, some type of strategy moving forward. What do you want to accomplish in the next three months? What do you want to accomplish in the next six months? What do you want to accomplish in the next year, two years, five years? Have some type of strategy, some type of plan. And so Paul's plan, obviously, was, uh, you know, it was, was part of his plan was building churches, uh, planting churches, establishing leaders, and seeing the message of the kingdom spread throughout the Roman Empire. And his team was a big part of that. Now, number three and this one's, this one's very interesting because it, it, it kind of um, wraps up all these, these other things we're talking about as far as building a team and having a plan. And that was Paul was led by the Holy Spirit as he sought to implement the plan. Leader, how often do you pray over your plan? Do you pray for your company? Do you pray for your business? Do you pray for your team? You know, sometimes when I talk to, to leaders who happen to be Christians and we talk about business and then we talk about church, the idea of praying for our team at church seems very natural. But the idea of praying for our, our team at work, it, it just seems that, that that doesn't quite register sometimes. Well, that's work. Yeah, but those people still need to be prayed for. We still need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit so that we can be the leader that we're supposed to be. Listen to what happened to Paul. This is this is fascinating, and this is one example of, of this idea of being led by the Holy Spirit. Now, this is on Paul's second missionary journey. Um, he and uh, Barnabas have split up. He's got a team with him on this one. Uh, he's gone back through Asia Minor, uh, modern-day Turkey, if you will, but now he wants to go further. He wants to go into... Um, uh, he actually wants to go further into Asia. It says, Next, Paul and Silas traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. Now, this is fascinating because here's Paul. He's got a plan for this particular trip of where he wants to go, and yet God blocks him. It says he was prevented. I don't know what that means. What does that look like? The Holy Spirit prevented him from going. 
Um, then again, it says the spirit of Jesus didn't allow him to go to another place. So, so there's, there's a check in his heart, maybe circumstances lined up against him. Maybe there was a prophetic word, but whatever it was on two occasions on the same trip, the Holy Spirit has prevented Paul from going where he intended to go. He had a plan, but in this case, the Holy Spirit overrode it and checked him. So what did he do? Well, he ended up at the seaport of Troas, which we know that there was a church planted there. So um, we're not told explicitly that Paul planted it, but it was more than likely that he did. So he spent some time in Troas. But while he was in Troas, he received a vision. That night, Paul had a vision. This is Acts 16.9. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So even though Paul didn't intend to go there to start with, he followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. He spent time in Troas. He either planted a church there at this point or had done it before, but there was a church planted in Troas. And now he receives a vision from the Holy Spirit to come into Europe. Um, the first message of Christ preached on the nation on the continent of Europe took place in Acts 16, and it came through a vision. Now, often today when we think about people having visions, we think of crazy people having visions. But the reality is the Holy Spirit still speaks, and He speaks in a variety of ways. He speaks through His Word. He speaks to us through prayer. He speaks to us through other people. He speaks to us through circumstances. And yes, if He wants to, He can still speak to us through dreams and visions. And the, the, the fascinating thing here is the fact that Paul was trying to be led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, we can pray for guidance, we can pray for direction, but at some point we have to take a step. And that's what Paul was doing. He said, okay, I'm going to go here. The Holy Spirit prevented him. Okay, God show me which way to go. He takes a step in this direction. The Holy Spirit prevented him. He ends up in Troas. Okay, God, which way should I go? Boom, here's a dream or a vision in the night. And a man saying, come to Macedonia, we need help. And so they got on a boat, they went to Macedonia. So as a leader, are you being led by the Holy Spirit? Um, this involves intentionality. It involves us spending time with God. It involves time uh, us spending time in His Word and praying but if we're willing to do that, we can de develop ourselves, develop our spirit so that we can be in tune with the Holy Spirit as a leader. So a quick recap for today. Paul had a plan for church planning and evangelism. Hopefully you've got a plan. Paul followed this plan throughout his entire ministry. Now, there were times when he had to alter it a little bit. That's fine. But on the whole, he followed... This plan, it became a successful plan, and his teams followed the plan as well. And then the next um, aspect of Paul's leadership that we wanted to highlight today was Paul was led by the Holy Spirit. Leader, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
This means being in tune with God. This means being in tune with the Holy Spirit. This means uh, being sensitive uh, to the needs of your people. As I said, you know, we we, we want to see our people produce. We want to see them succeed in life. If you're a good leader, you should want to see your people do well. And part of this is being the spiritual leader that they need as well. Now, I get it. If you're in a secular workplace, you can't be preaching and, you know, sharing Christ and laying hands on people. But behind the scenes, you can be praying for them and you can look for opportunities to share um, encouragement with them and possibly even share the gospel with them. But that involves you being intentional, getting to know your people and praying for them. So Paul had a plan and Paul was led by the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm going to stop there. Um, we'll, we'll pick back up next time. We'll probably do, do at least one more episode on, on uh, leadership lessons from the Apostle Paul. I've got some really cool stuff to share with you next time that I think you'll really enjoy about Paul as a communicator. But if you have any thoughts, any questions, um, anything I should have covered in this episode of what we talked about, by all means, let me know. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and I'll see you next time on Leading and Learning. Mm-hmm.